What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and today I'm being joined by a newbie, someone new coming to 20th Century Towers uh, to talk story time. We're going to be talking story in a minute, but first I'll introduce yourself. Uh, Blake, how are you doing? You okay, mate? Yeah, hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm glad to finally be here. Uh, I've ah. seen you on, on my radar in the Comics and Motion verse radar for a while, so I'm glad uh, to be able to make an appearance. Um, Good, I'm yeah, glad I'm Blake. You're on. Um, uh, I've been on uh, Tony's uh, podcast for a bit, and I heard your episode with him just mm. today. Um, I'm I live in London. I'm a psychosocial student at Goldsmiths. That's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. I'm looking to become a psychotherapist, oh. and I love stories. Um, yeah. You know, psychotherapy, and that's also always about listening to people's stories. I used to work in film and TV for many years. Oh really? So story, yeah, so that's stories as well, isn't it? So mm. I'm um yeah, glad to be here. And this is a kind of a good intro, I suppose. A little short story, although yeah. I must say it was not the type of thing I usually read. Let's just say that much. No, uh, yeah, we'll get into the story in a minute because uh, the story we're gonna talk about today is uh, Ramsey Campbell's again uh from 1981, uh the year I was born, so that's quite cool. Um Ramsey Campbell, I've read little bits and pieces over the years. Um, he is part of um, especially this, era, this era, sort of what they call like the splatter gore paperback boom of the sort of right. late 70s and early 80s. Um, and this story doesn't sort of, doesn't disappoint on, on the gross factor. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that. Um, some of his sort of like peers were like um, uh, Sean Houston, um, James Herbert, those sorts of things. Um, but the story is again as i say in the story is quite simple um it's set up um a man's taken for a walk in the countryside he's a bit bored of the countryside he's not entirely sure why he's gone for a walk in the countryside when he comes across a house an overgrown garden and he finds a woman is struggling to get into the house he believes that she's lost her key and so in helping her he climbs through the window for her and starts to explore the house looking for the key to open the front door he finds that the key is actually snapped off in the lock and the house is filthy and covered with dirt and this, the sound of flies and moaning in the house. As he goes from room to room, he finds more and more disturbing things until eventually he opens a locked room and in there he finds something that turns his stomach. And I'm going to leave it there and we'll get to the surprise, just let everyone know. There are going to be spoilers. Um, so if you before, this is the point where you can jump off and go read this. Um, Blake, you you found it online, didn't you? Uh, Tony found it, so yeah. you had that. Yeah, I've got that link, it's so that link will be... archive. That's right, yeah. So the link for that is in the notes, so it's available. I read it actually. The, the reason I came across it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of a, bla- a bit of a, a a brag. I've got Go the, the the Folio Society, the Folio Book of Horror Stories, which is a collection of short stories, short horror stories. And I love a good Folio Society book. Um, so I sort of picked it from there, and um, yeah, I, <laughs> let's start with it first. So just a minute, we're gonna get into it. Spoilers, all right. So if, this is your last chance. Give me one more chance. 
Go and read it. Go and read it. Go and read it. You know what? I I read it when I read it, and I also listened to a reading of it at the oh, same really? time. Yeah, I found there's a, a few people narrate it, but I found this one guy with this really brooding northern accent, oh, and nice. it was really cool. Yeah, it also like it kind of set me on a linear path, so I yeah. couldn't jump off the ride. <laughs> be like, oh no, I can't do this. So yeah, it was really good. Rides a good good example. Um, but yeah, but let's get into it then. So right, we're going for it. Like, what were your thoughts? Then? What's your thoughts on this one? Do you like it? What were your, you know, you said it wasn't something you usually read, but what's your initial thoughts? Yeah, so um, you put out a few stories um, on our Discord mm-hmm. uh, for us to pick up, and uh, I landed on that one. Uh, the other ones sounded really interesting, but I, the horror element really enticed me because I'm, like, not a horror person at all. So right. I thought, oh, why don't I attack something, you know, like confront my shadow, uh, as mm. I say in therapeutic speak. Um, uh, I, because I grew up as in a Christian family. And so that wasn't really our bag. And even like that, I'm not, that's not my world anymore. It's just, uh, I don't yeah. know. I, but you know what? I do, if I were to go for horror, I would prefer the kind of psychological kind of the thriller, an, kind of, yeah, an, anticipatory, right. the dread. It's yes. still terrifying, but like I, I prefer that over the kind of blood and gore stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this story was very much that I thought it's the way Ramsey Campbell writes around everything. The mm. way I, one of the things that struck me first was how the um, how Bryant, the main character, is meandering through the countryside. It will like mirrored how Ramsey Campbell writes the story. He's meandering around the obvious. It's like yeah. a whirlpool, you know, of this thing that we're drawn to. And you feel like you're just on this inevitable journey towards the yeah. center. <laughs> That's a really, I, I like that actually, like, like this idea of a whirlpool. Because one of the things, reading this book, and obviously, you know, I'm definitely more of a proponent of horror, was one of the things I found that's like, you know, almost comedic is as you're reading this, the moment he enters the house, you just sort of like, like head slapping, like, no. Like, this is wrong. <laughs> Leave. Like, every time he's like, he describes what they go into a room, he's like, it's covered in like a, you know, a sheen of dust, like the bed's filthy. And there's, you know, there's this stuff. And you're like, right, this is wrong. Just, just leave. Yeah. This should, this doesn't, you know, this shouldn't be. And you, like you say, he keeps circling, getting closer and closer to this terror. Um, and so, like, yeah, it's sort of constantly sort of like you feel that dread of like there's something else waiting, and it's uh, yeah. it's an interesting payoff. I wonder, had I not known the genre beforehand, if I would have had that anticipation at the start, because mm. I was because I knew even when he's just roaming the fields and he's kind of, um, uh, it looks ex- exactly like what it was: an overgrown railway, divested of its line. Sometimes it led beneath bridges, hollow as whistles, and then it seemed to trap him beneath the banks for miles. Mm. It's just oppressive, you know. Like, but especially in the context that we know the genre is, a lot of when he's just in the fields, it feels very stifling and choked of yes, like, uh, overgrown wilderness, and yeah, it was really a good setup. One of the things I thought was interesting about that, especially talks with regards to it being um, the railway tracks. Like I live relatively rural, and we've got several of those tracks where it's sort of like an old railway track that's been turned into a path. You know, you get cyclists and runners down there. Cool. But this idea of like you are trapped on that path, like it's almost like the, you know, although he sort of goes off it, this this um, event was almost inevitable. Like he was just yeah. he was walking towards this constantly. And like you say, he was hemmed in by either 
uh, embankments or bridges and everything like that. There is no diversion other than this destination. So, um, you know, the, that actually makes me think of um, Stand By Me, exactly mm. that, with the train, taking the train tracks to see the body, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this thing is sort of like it's an inevitable path. Like you were on a yeah. path and it's sort of the only, this is this is your, I mean, destiny sounds a bit too, probably too heavy, but like this journey is inevitable. Like this was yeah. an inevitable outcome. Um, and so you, you're right about the dread. So from the offset, you're like, he's surrounded by nature. He's a bit pissed off about nature, which I kind of thought was funny as well. Like, you know, yeah. um, he's like, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why I've done this. Like, I don't like nature, but it felt like the thing to do. Um, so he's, he's obviously not like a, you know, he's not a rural person. So yeah. another reason why you sort of feel like, oh, he's out of his element. So, you know, he... Can you explain to me what he might mean by, because I'm not from country right um what does he mean by the Wirral way well what do you think he means in that the Wirral way so i actually think i, I was wondering about this the a Wirral is like um i think it's like a small stream um so my, i read it sort of like it's going to be again one of those sort of paths that sort of like okay that's a you know like um you know when you do go walking you have those well-trodden paths yeah I assumed it was one of those where he was like, okay, that's the sort of, it's all been sort of, he's just following the path. So there's a sort of. Okay. So he's venturing off the beaten track as well. Yeah. It's sort of like, um, he's had the, he's, he's got the the railway track and then someone's yeah. gone, you get to a field and there's like a star and you go, oh, I'm going to go through that field. There's a bit of a path through the field. So I'm going to go that. So he's left the main track, but it's still, um, it's a track, but it's not, yeah, it's not like a well-trodden path. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's off the beaten tracks well, is a good way to describe it. And yeah, so he, he's he's following his desire, and uh, he's maybe bites off more than he can chew. You know, <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting how I was kind of describing the way that Campbell writes in this kind of meandering way, because mm. he continues when so Bryant then meets this old woman next to a bungalow, right? And even the way in which Campbell describes the woman or how Bryant notices the woman it's almost like meandering around her features it's never like in in a way it's not a really straightforward way to describe a character would you say yeah it's you're right it's that thing of um the absence of a direct description tells you there's something not right yeah because he's not saying like you know it's a it's a a brunette she's brunette and she's this and she's that and she's got you know wearing this clothes and she's this high it's very much sort of like he describes the smell you know her perfume is is strong and this sort of like a um she's obviously elderly but you're right he's sort of dancing around the edges of this description yeah um yeah. but it may you know you're supposed to be sort of in the point of view of, of brian this this protagonist and there's a point of view at some point where like he doesn't it does it never feels like he's really paying attention. Like he's always sort of like, you know, you say about uh, meandering, he's more like, oh, this has happened. I'll just, you know, like this all right, I'll help her out. Like he at no point does he feel um proactive in any way. He's just sort of like stumbled That's across right. and, and constantly it's like, all right, well, I'll try that. All right, well, I'll do that. Like it's never he doesn't stride up like a hero and be like, well, of course I'll help you in the house. It's more of yeah. a, yeah, all right, yeah. I'll do that. No, you're right. I think now that you say that, it feels like a lot of his decisions are almost not his own. It is that linear mm. pathway. So, yeah, so she asks him 
to go into the house like as we're made to feel like she's locked out or something like that yeah it's a really overgrown place and there's a window she kind of beckons him to a kitchen window and he has to squeeze through it and he kind of gets stuck and then she all of a sudden she's up there pushing him through yeah and I, I i found that really terrifying first i found it funny because it made me think of winnie the pooh stuck in a hole but then i thought like <laughs> I thought that there was there's an element of this and I might be going a bit too big too soon but I felt that there was a really interesting element of like feminine horror in this Mm. one because it's focused on this old woman and going into her house and like if you're to think of it in like a Freudian kind of sense it's like you know going into her uh, house as it were her and put she's pushing him inside and now he's stuck in there seemingly yeah, the thing as well is, <coughs> besides that is, because you're right, like it's her house. It's always described as like, you know, he never questions, because she's elderly and she's a woman, he never questions her as a threat. It's always like, yeah. oh, she must be trapped outside. She is the one that's, you know, uh, the damsel in distress, as it were. Yeah. But one of the things I find interesting is, again, sort of that rural thing. Where you, you can see them sometimes when you drive down country paths or even on the motorway sort of like in this country. You'll have a hillside. Uh, and you'll see a farmhouse, and there'll be nothing around it. Um, and so this idea of this sort of this bungalow being in the middle of nowhere, although it's strange, it isn't unheard of. Sure. Um, and again, so for this thing of like this elderly couple to have lived here, like again, like you know, in my head, it's head canon. You're like, okay, they've been there their entire life. They're kind of reclusive. They're a bit unusual. Um, and so it does. It starts to. It, not so much folk horror, but this idea of sort of like countryside horror, this idea of sort of like, the, the, you know, these are outside of this straight away by the, by the, by the sort of, um, by their isolation, they yeah. are outside of sort of like social norms. Yeah. And straight away, so my head's already screaming. And again, I think this comes from knowing the genre. I'm going like, no, like yeah. this is wrong. Yeah. It's that very much that kind of like deliverance-esque kind of backwards. Yes. The fear, um, you know, it also at this point where he's gone into the house, uh, because we haven't mentioned this, but there's a lot of mention of the buzzing of flies. Like mm. even before he meets the woman, there's this buzzing, and then there's buzzing of flies around her, and then and the other thing is the smell, like her yes. strong perfume. And then when he gets inside the house, it really smells of like decay, and you know, he's in the kitchen at this point, so it's like decayed food and and or whatnot, and. Um, like I say, like I'm not really a, a big horror person, but mm. like some ones that have stood out for me that I really liked, but equally because they terrified me. But I guess that's the point, right? Mm. Was um, um, is it Cormac McCarthy's The Road? Yes. Um, the both I read both the book and watched the the film mm. uh, with Viggo Mortensen and um, The Walking Dead. But I haven't, I've never seen the show, but I played the Telltale games. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Like Choose your own adventure, mm. and in both of those there's like flies and cannibalism and for some mm. reason that those things just really creep yeah. me out <laughs> you know like there's in the road um yeah he and his son are really desperate for food and he's you know he's not well and they find a like a bomb shelter i guess with mm. food and but there's this kind of element of threat of the other you know yes. out there in this rural place like you're saying like with this bungalow and just the terrifying thing of do you go in what's in there and yeah f- flies decay mm. flesh you know 
oh that stuff just really kind of grosses me out (laughs) so it was really that was that kind of triggered me when he goes into the house in this instance oh no yeah i i um i (laughs) the moment he starts to describe the kitchen and if you notice the bathroom when he goes into the bathroom and he starts, and he starts to describe it, and it's got like a, he says like a fur of talcum powder on things and that. It like literally made my skin crawl. Like the description is is horrible. And that you say this this constant buzzing of flies, um, is this sort of portent of something else that's coming? Yeah. Like, you know, there's always yeah. this other, um, and like that he's almost like trying. You know, he's look. The, the, the hilarious thing is like this. He's looking for this key. And when he gets in, like there's a there's a key snapped off in the lock of the front door, and he seems to almost like dismiss it. He's almost like, "Huh, that's unfortunate." <laughs> I'll carry on looking, and he like he does. The thing is, he does look a proper look. Yeah, he looks yeah. under a sofa. He looks in all the room. He looks under a bed, and I'm like, yeah. "Okay, where does he think this is?" I'd have gone. Well, it's not in that tray. It's not in that tray. <laughs> like. Yeah. It's not a man look, that's for sure. It's yeah, he, he, he <laughs> does seem to be quite. Over. He seems quite committed to this look yeah. around. Um, but can and we... then throughout the search, um, the the old woman just seems to appear in these windows and is watching him, isn't isn't she? And that's kind of you start to kind of suspect a bit more. Like he he does. He's like, well, so that was quite quick for an old woman. Or did she yeah. really climb up there just to look in that window? And so yeah. there's a bit of a change in perspective. Yeah, she, she, yeah, and I kind of love that because he goes from the room to room, and like he says, yeah, because the, the, the surround of the bungalow is, is all undergrowth, like it's really overgrown, and so he is, he's considering it, going like, well, she must have really moved to get through the undergrowth to get to that window to be like peering in, um, and it, it culminates in the bedroom, um, this this voyeurism of of the woman. Um, it's first he go he he goes in and he's sort of again it's still filthy the bed is, is disgusting it's covered in dust there's an imprint in the middle which is obviously you know he says he, he says like, it's clearly been used recently um, and he looks under the bed nothing there can't find this key and then he looks over as like a like a dresser or like a chest of drawers or something and pinned above it a set of photographs um, and oh, actually, no, because I think I think I've, I've slightly stopped jumping forward because there's another set of photographs on the wall, isn't there? Before he goes in the bedroom, yeah, he goes. He's in the living room, I guess, and there's mm. some magazines, and they look. I, I, it was kind of alluded that they were kind of um, sexy magazines, like yes. maybe some BDSM or something like that, like a bit kinky kind of stuff. That's how I took it. That's anyway. yes, yeah, because he's the, the, the uh, Bryant's a bit like, oh, that's a bit unusual, but you know, you know, don't judge. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's not he's not a kink shamer, Brian, does he? No, but yeah, he, he's, then really, he did, he's really laid back about everything, isn't he? This guy. I think the thing he was more horrified by in that situation was he then saw that she was watching him. So he was yeah. a bit like, "Oh, did she see me looking at those saucy magazines?" Because yeah. <laughs> um, he then sees there are like six or seven photographs of her with different right. men, um, right. and they're prog- it's her progressively getting older, and so she's like, sort we- of like, wedding photographs. Yeah. Well. That's right, yes. And so he sort of like sees her as, you know, these different husbands and he sort of chuckles to himself in that as a sort of like, you know, well, you know, she clearly gets around a bit. Yeah, had a bit of um, a life. Yeah. And, and that then leads to these photographs in the bedroom of the old woman, it, it, you know, elderly in explicit uh, positions. And as you said, like, you know, BDSM and other stuff. And again, he's not willing to judge, but he's a bit like, okay, I'm not, 
I'm not. I don't really want to look look at these. I, you know, I don't need to see them. But then he spots that she's watching him looking at the photos, and it, like you yeah. said, it feels that like there's that voyeuristic nature of sort of like she's she. And he even says it like I think she wants to see me seeing these photographs. That's right. That's right. Um, it was very explicit that part. I think that he yeah. got that she was there was some intent that he started to realize there was a bit of intent going on. Yeah. Um, and that really creeped me out because <laughs> yeah. that's really sort of um, predatory yeah. behavior. Yeah. Um, and as you said, sort of from the, the idea of this being a, you know, because this is feminine horror. Like, I think there is a, there's an element of femininity to it. And it's, it's unusual to have, she's elderly and she's, she's, she's a woman. And yet you are starting to feel like she's a predatory character and, and yeah. potentially dangerous. Um, well, I think I think part of the growing dread of it, and, and tied into that feminine horror thing, is when he first goes in there. Because, like you said, outside's completely overgrown; it's not well kept. Inside, now that he's inside, like her house, as it were, yeah. and it's really messy and dirty. So there's this kind of assumption that, oh well, a woman should, uh, you know, a, a woman should keep up her home. So she's obviously mm. not. She's obviously not been in here for a long time. But then, like you say, he starts to notice more recent things like an imprint oh this has been used or yeah. um oh here's a recent very recent wedding photograph of her and now these explicit photos are of her now so she has been in here so that kind of corrupts this idea of uh she's in here and she's upkeeping the home and all that type of thing so there's something quite sinister um yeah fucking our expectations yes exactly I and mean, it feels more like a, a lair than a home that's right that's um, a good way to put it and yeah because you know because the, the idea of like a black widow like a, a spider sort of came to mind reading this especially with the flies and stuff yeah yeah um but it's the fight he goes into the final room this locked room uh it's bolted at least and he, he opens it up it's a small room and there's a cat there's a tin of cat food in there that's gone off there's never there's never a mention of a cat, so I'm assuming somebody else is eating that. Um, <clears throat> and then he finds the where the buzzing of the flies is coming from. There's a body on the bed, and he says that this thing is covered in flies. It's you know, the, the flies are in its eyes, its mouth, or, or its body, and then it starts to move. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen the film Seven. That's it made me think of seven for sure. Yeah. And unfortunately I feel I have like, you know, like a visual memory. And so yeah. it, it took me right back to that scene of seven of the, the guy tied to the bed. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Terrifying. You know it's, it's funny because that was only the second seven reference I got in this. Cause um, mm. you know, this kind of uh, train track, this linearity, this whirlpool mm. that we've been talking about. My first thought before we even get to that room was the head in the box that where brad pitt's character is like he doesn't want to go there but he has to go there yes you know there's that inevitability and so that's the first time i thought about it and when we get to the room yeah 100 percent that that victim that we find on the bed because mm. yeah when when bryant walks into the room he the the buzzing because sometimes he starts saying that the 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 buzzing of flies sounds almost like groaning Yes. And that's a bit of foreshadowing, isn't it? That's kind of working mm -hmm. us up to this idea that maybe it is groaning. And so when he gets to the room, there's a sheet over 
what looks like a figure and it's kind of moving around and so he's thinking oh god oh god and yeah. when he opens it up it looks like a corpse right yeah like covered in flies and they're all buzzing around and they fly away and so he thinks oh okay so it was just the flies that were moving mm. but no it's this what he thought was a corpse because it's so gray and putrid and it's got like gashes and gouges and bites oh, on its shoulder yeah like, and he, he oh, recognizes oh. that they're recent, doesn't he? He says that, that he says he says, oh, and they're clearly recent. And it's the movements of this figure. Uh, I'm gonna try and find it, but he says, yeah, the way it's described, it's lying in the bed. Um and um it reaches out to him. And I'm gonna find it. Here you go. Um it's the fact that it, basically it reaches out for him and it gyrates at him. <laughs> and that was the bit uh, um, that really bothered me. And I was like, okay, yeah. that's, yeah. that's really, really, really mad. Um, um, there you go. Um, there you go. So, okay, so he was stumbling away from the bed. He felt he was drowning in the air that was thick with dust and flies when the sound recommenced. Uh, yeah, recommenced. For a moment, he he had the thought so grotesque he was afraid he might both laugh wildly and be sick. The fly, flies were swarming in the corpse's beard, but the sound was of, was groaning after all. For the bearded head was lolling feebly back and forth on the pillow. The tongue was twitching about the greyish lips. The blind eyes were rolling. As the lower half of the body began to jerk weakly but rhythmically, the long-nailed hands tried to reach for whoever was in the room, and that was like so. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's trying to for one of the better phrase. I'm apologies for this. It's trying to fuck him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I. You know what? I didn't. I don't get that nuance in there, but yeah, because it's the lower half and rhythmically, like uh, Ramsey Campbell's really particular with the words he uses, and this isn't yeah. it. So it's like this is the point. And, and we'll probably come to back up that point later on. Um, yeah, that's really, really yeah. something, isn't it? After all of this, this guy still wants some. And you yeah. know what? It's, yeah. it's really interesting that you brought up that thing where he says, uh, Bryant was afraid he might both laugh wildly and be sick because mm. there was a really a standout sentence um, in the previous page that I read that I've thought just encapsulated this whole story. It says, uh, Bryant found himself smirking uneasily as if at a joke he didn't quite see, but which he felt he should. Yes. And I feel like that's really like kind of encapsulates his whole uh, misadventure here. Yeah. Something he kind of knows something is afoot, but he's not quite there yet. And so he keeps on going down this rabbit hole. Yes. And you, as we said before, like the reader, as the reader, you're clearly going out. Something's wrong here. Like there's an off there's an off ramp. Take it. Like this is not to go any further. And he is. He's constantly sort of like you, like you say. He's not quite paying attention to the to the world around him enough for it to click into place to say like, yeah, this is wrong. So he's sort of like just chuntering along. Um, once he finds the corpse, so that's when it sort of like it kicks in. He moves. He he steps out into the corridor, and the old woman has actually entered the house, and so sort of. Um, and she has, yeah, <laughs> you shudder. And I think, as uh, rightfully so, uh, she has disrobed, basically. And uh, it is now quite clear what her intent is um, for Bryant. <laughs> um, and 
this is what this is where, and I was curious about this, Brian. Because uh, the thing is, like, she, she, he's identified there's a bed, there's a sofa, there's stuff in the bathroom, um, there's stuff throughout. His attempt to get away is to throw a, a glass milk bottle at a window. <laughs> and you're sort of like, oh, Brian, you seem a little bit thick, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just even the description of it. Um, ah, where was it? But he talks about, it's almost like, oh, here it is. He grabbed the nearest bottle, though his sweat, and the slime of the milk made it almost too slippery to hold. Yeah. <laughs> and that really stood out for me because when I was reading this, I, I was thinking, yeah, about feminine horror and this thing of like abject horror. Mm. Uh, in my course, we did, uh, we had a module on um, uh, psychoanalytic, uh, it was called Psychoanalytic Culture and Society. And we had a session on uh, the abject and um we looked at artists like um, Frida Kahlo mm-hmm. and um, Anna Mendieta. And Frida Kahlo is probably one of the most famous ones where it was because she was suffered lots of like injuries and um, physical problems over her lifetime. And so a lot of her artwork, artwork was really about like drawing out that pain, but also yes. like some of her strength that she found through the pain. And so a lot of the thing with the abject and the abject kind of horror is this bodily stuff that I was talking about, you know, mm. cannibalism, like raw meat, blood, pus, sweat, um, cum, vomit, all these bodily functions, you know. And um, it's interesting because one of the things that we think of is like this, uh, when you talk about the abject, is the skin on that forms on the top of milk. Yeah, this is this kind of some people get really icky about it because it feels like physiological, you know. Yes, and and um, like with the buzzing of flies, it's almost like we have this evolutionary um distrust when we hear the buzzing of flies, it sounds it makes us think of like rotten meat. So, mm. evolutionary, we are like uh wary of that because it's going to make us sick, and the just the how Campbell talks about the slime of the milk it just brings up that real body horror and then it describes her and yeah in this interesting way of like feminine horror like kind of creating this um monster out of uh woman it describes her as uh coming after him with her long arms outstretched her gray breasts flapping yeah she was licking her lips as best she could relishing his terror but just yeah, the idea of these grey breasts flapping around just was kind of comical yeah. to me. It kind of yeah. drew me out of it in a way. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it, yeah, no, I agree. It's almost, you know, you see that the sort of um, the abject terror of it is almost like it's almost the ludicrousness of it as well. Like it's so extreme, you know, this elderly woman, and we'll get to whether what what she is uh, shortly, but like. This elderly woman has trapped you, has disrobed, and is now chasing you around her house. You know, it would work with, you know, it would work in The Shining, or it would work in Benny Hill. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and either way, it's probably it's going to be terrifying. But like, you, you, this could be just as this could easily be as a comedy as is a horror, because um, it is that ludicrousness, that abject, where you sort of like this. This is just, you, as you say, your revulsion at this. Um, and especially because you now know that there's more to this. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, it almost crystallizes the filth, doesn't it? In the house at this point, when you're like, okay, this is, 
you know they're they're corrupt inside and out and yeah um uh, you know that that yeah the, that bit it does creep me creep me out properly when she starts chasing him although he's a little inept is his escape well i think i think that is does speak to ramsey campbell's like skill that us talking about it now it can sound silly but the way he's woven this web like you know to use yeah. your spider analogy is it's fucking terrifying when you read it even though because like you know when you get that thing of because yeah we've kind of positioned Bryant as a bit of a backseat kind of passenger to his own mm. misadventure but now he this is the moment where he's really like he needs to get out yeah and he's trying and like you say he's not doing a very good job but he's aware of these things and um even to the point when now he's like finally finds the key and he gets it and he he's so terrified of what's going on but he has the clarity of mind to be like there's been one broken key in this house and i don't want this to be another broken key i really have to think about this yeah because he he tries he fit he tries to turn it and he is he's like i don't want to turn this the wrong way because i don't i don't want to break the key um and that's I'm gonna yeah because I, I do like that moment when because he, he does escape and he gets away and he leaves the sort of the old woman um, to her sort of distress. Um, but one of the things I would sort of I, I want to sort of I want to pick up two things because the last word of this whole story um, is again well last the last statement is um, as he backed away floundering through the undergrowth he saw that she was mouthing jerkily again she said. Um, so it's obviously that we're going back to the, the you know the title of the story, um, but there's there's two elements in this. Right? So those people, those those men in those other uh, the wedding photos, like, you fill in the blanks. You, you your mind can go crazy on this. Like, did she kill them all? Is you know the fate of the bearded man who is the last photograph? So the, her, it's her husband. It's her last sort of uh, husband or lover or whatever. Um, you know, she she's killed him or kept him in this sort of state, this semi-alive state. Um, and she's obviously done it repeatedly. And so, like, she's looking for the a next victim, um, which is what Brian, I think, is supposed it's intended to be. Um, going back again to this idea of it being a trap. And because he, he says at one point, again, I'll have to, I might look for the description, but when he does sort of describe her at one point, he sort of suggests that she may have been attractive when she was younger. And so again, you sort of have this idea. You go back to this idea of the feminine, of her using her beauty and stuff to entice men into this building, yeah, and then taking advantage of them. Um, and so I find that quite interesting. But the other point is, is she dead? Oh, that's interesting. I I was like, you know, she's elderly, but the the way that they describe it, because then she has the flies all over her as well, and it describes them going in her mouth and over her face, and she doesn't really react to them. Yeah. And so you have this element of filth, this idea, like you say, of this 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 abject, this this, this sort of uh, uh, you know the revulsion and stuff. But I was like, okay, she's either that or is is. She... Is, is she a walking corpse? Is she a zombie? I don't know. And that's why I'm sort of like, you know, so is she dead? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting because, especially because of the kind of corpse, not corpse mm. element of her partner. I wonder if it's a, um, I wonder if it's a comment on the abject on like where people can be like, 
because of the cyclical nature of this, this is like her sixth lover, mm. mm-hmm. the bearded man, um, and the state of the house. And that is like her life in a normative way is dead. Yes. All she lives for is this game. Yeah. Uh, and like she, like you say, it finishes with again. Mm. Because we, we didn't mention, he throws it, we, she throws, uh, Bryant throws the milk bottle, as you said, it smashes, and he like stabs her up. He like yeah, yeah. smashes her up and everything. Yeah. And that's, that's what gives him the opportunity to leave. So after all of that, she's all like, that kicked it up a gear for her. And she's like, oh, yeah, again, you know, yeah, yeah, you take it to back. the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like you, sir. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I, that, that corpse thing, I think, I think she's alive. I think that the, the dead thing is more symbolic mm-hmm. that, that the rest of her life, and because it kind of reflects on Bryant, right? Like he's feeling a bit uh, lackadaisical to go yeah. on this jaunt as it is. And because he does mention about uh, inside, although it's filthy and everything, it, it has all the trappings of like middle class nonsense, you know, yes. like, what from his perspective, trinkets and collections and things like that. So I found that that was maybe like uh, Campbell's maybe commenting on like middle class, like, uh, I don't know, fatigue or apathy. And, yeah. and so maybe there's something in exploring this, this kink and that uh, was uh bryant and the the old woman are kind of the same but just exploring it from different angles yeah no i like i like this like that idea actually because you you know i think you're onto something this idea of because he does he does describe the trappings doesn't he? in every room every single room he goes into he sort of he has this idea of there is this uh normality hidden under all the dust and the dirt and stuff like even in the bathroom the sort of um lotions and potions and all that kind of stuff it's all there and you say about the trappings, it makes me wonder then if, you know, like you said, this has been a game for this woman for a long time. Like, you know, she's done this again and again, like a black widow. Like, you know, she killed these these men off. Um, for want of a better phrase, like fucked them to death. Um, yeah, I wonder if she's just reached a point in her life where, like, you know, like there's some level of psychopath where, like, all oh, this was a facade. Like, okay, I've got to keep up this facade of cleaning the house and having the trinkets and the you know, like you say, the doilies and all that kind of stuff. And then at one point, she's just gone. There's no point anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm uh, there's no point maintaining this facade anymore. And she is just living, um, her natural state. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the American Psycho, isn't it? The kind of the trappings yes. of that '80s Wall Street excess. It's like that, but. Um, <laughs> in yeah. the Northern England uh, rural variety, yeah, and, and and but that's interesting how you say that because that makes me think of a thought I did have about the feminine horror, and it's like, is this like vilifying women and femininity or that type of thing by casting these things as uh, a problem? But then, equally, I would say maybe it doesn't because she is rejecting this humdrum middle-class housewoman mm. kind of life for a life of like wanton kinky sexuality and yeah you know think of all the ways that um the patriarchy has repressed women's sexuality and it's like yeah lady like fill your boots <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 well you one of the things you know to sort of to look at that i think you've that's a really good point because she's living off the beaten track so you know we, as we've identified like there's either 
the train track, which is, you know, which is this thing that you're hemmed in, it's, you know, you're trapped on this sort of like uh, linear path. And so she's off that. She's off the beaten track. She is living away from society. Um, you know, she's finally got, it seems like she's got to this point in her life where she's, she's released herself from the trappings of this and just left them to decay around her. Um, but more than that, like I say, she's, she's obviously used that sort of the idea of the feminine to attract the men in. Um, but then, you know, as she's got an elder and older and stuff like probably works less and less to, to, to now. Um, but she's, she's almost, yeah, I don't know if I regret the phrase, but animalistic, like she's at a base animal self. Um, and you know, that's where you go. Yeah, no, she's sort of like, almost like you be you (laughs) in a a horrific and horrible way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, I know what you mean by animalistic. I, 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 because I think what we're saying is it's like removed from that social conditioning that mm. what a woman can and can't do with their body, and uh, and we say like, uh, it's it's a problem or like or maybe it gets, uh, she's less successful with age, but that corpse on the bed he still wanted a piece, didn't he? As soon as he was uh, roused yeah. from his slumber, so <laughs> well, maybe she me- uh, maybe she was uh, making converts, and you know what? Maybe <laughs> Bryant does come back. <laughs> yeah maybe yeah yeah there's a there's a, there's a second follow-up so again and again um but yeah i mean you know you could say that i mean you know what i would say is we don't know what the relationship this is the thing you don't know what the relationship is between her and this thing in the that's locked in the, it's locked in the room there's a tin of cat food or dog food that sort of like you know has been left for months um it, it, it instantly you know instantly starts moving it's blind for a start. So it's when it has, um, feels the presence of a person in the room. So it's almost like that. The this person, this, this like I said, this corpse-like person, the bearded man, is is almost conditioned, like Pavlovian conditioning, sort of like yeah. It's yeah. responding to um, things like, well, you know, if I do this, maybe I'll get food or maybe I'll get some sort of pleasure. I, I, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good point, the Pavlovian thing, because that's what actually made it quite creepy, and that harking back to that seven kind of comparison mm. just what it would take to to just survive yeah uh, and, yeah and the, th- the thrusting and stuff you know what it kind of did make me chuckle there was another part that made me chuckle when um bryant recoils in horror runs yeah. out of the room and then like locks the room again yeah and i was thinking like mate like this is a really horrible thing you've found what you assume is the victim of this old woman and who needs help like drastic medical help and you're your like response is just to lock him back in <laughs> <Yeah>. the room. <laughs> You're like, nope, I'm done with that. <laughs> Move on. But one of the things I would say is that you say this is, you know, this 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 film had uh, this story. This, this story has all the, you know, that grossness, that that sort of the the. It's not like gory, is it? Like it's it's no. just that that filth. It's just it's quite revolting, but it has got like a real black humor to it. Yeah. Like th- there is a sense of humor to this story. Um, you know, as we've gone through, like you know, the fact that like you said that Brian's sort of like. He, he wades, he sort of like, well, meanders through this story. He's, you know, he's never sort of fully aware of his own story. Some of the descriptions, and like you say, the, the moment he's throwing the milk bottle at the window, and you're just like, oh, God, you're such a pillock. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to like, gra- grab a ch- grab anything. Grab the old woman, yeah. throw her through. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do feel there's like a dark humour to this as well, which I kind of appreciate um, throughout. Yeah, I loved I loved the the part where 
he's first sees the explicit photos yeah. and then see and then senses that she's watching and just that like, <gasps> like yeah. he's just like feels like he's just such a prude like I feel like his life, if he thinks that that's weird, wait for what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes, pal, because yeah, your life's yeah. going to be changed. It's, it, I like it when he, cause he does, he first ident- he first sees them and he's like, it is that film of like a car crash. He's like, I don't want to look at them, but like, I can't <laughs> not look at them. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's, there's, there are these little moments dropped in through the story that are actually fantastic. Um, what would say as well is, is you, you mentioned about this guy, obviously the bearded man's trapped in this room it's the event that's happened and the the, the the story ends with bryant getting away as he sort of like he gets away from the house uh and it ends obviously with the woman still alive and she says again does he do you think yeah i mean this is traumatic but do you think like you know he goes to the police like what what's the next bit after this like yeah yeah i don't know i i wonder if he doesn't yeah I just don't feel like Bryant's a real like proactive guy. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Because he's also like now complicit, like because he's just like gashed her up. Mm. Like, I mean, he claim act- self. You could he could claim self defense, but then they'd be like, "She's a ninety year old woman, dude." Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, what grey breasts flapping against yeah. a broken milk bottle? Nah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it is a weird one, but you're right. There's a part of me that wondered that because I was thinking, like, does he go to the police or does he just get to make his way back to the railway track, joins the regular, and is like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that again. That never yeah, happened. Yeah. Get back. The world to... way isn't so bad now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stick to the main path. Um, and so I was, I was wondering that, like, you know, does he is he proactive enough to go off and contact the police and do all that, or does he just sort of go, well. I'm not going to talk about that again. <laughs> yeah, move yeah. on. Um, yeah, is I, it, think it's the, I think it's the latter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I do. As you say, Brian, he's not the most proactive of people. Um, <laughs> one one thing, sort of like you know, is there? Well, firstly, is there anything else about this story you want to point out or highlight as we've gone through it? No, I think we've covered a lot of the themes I thought about just yet yeah, in that terms of the, the abject and the feminine horror, I think, mm. because I'm, like I said, I'm not a massive horror buff, but those mm. are some things I've kind of quite connected with. Um, they're kind of, because uh, it's not like there's cannibalism, but the thing of the, the thing with the biting and the scratching being fresh that and the flies mm. that all really um, resonated with me. I thought that, yeah, Campbell was really good at, um, like I said, that kind of whirlpool, that meandering path of getting to the point to um, delay the inevitable just yeah. enough. And I think it was a really good way to have Bryant to be a bit spacey, like mm. because we we just, as the audience, we just know slightly more than him or suspect it before he does. And I guess that's probably quite a common or a successful element in in horror i guess you know it's that kind of like you said at the very start like no don't go in there yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's the kind of thing yeah you are going like, yeah don't go up the stairs don't open that door like this is yeah something is wrong and uh the fact he doesn't identify it, like you say i i think you know like, there's, um it's one of those like you said with great stories you can sort of read elements into it like you know, that idea of satire because we've talked about the feminine and, and the you know obviously the the object um the disgusting and the filth all that kind of thing this idea of being you know out of society off the, the beaten track 
And but this idea of sort of him being a little bit spacey, as you say, you can read that. I mean, this is like 1981. This was released, so you know the, the early yuppies and also that sort of stuff. You said about the 80s and stuff. Um, but there's still that idea of sort of just being in the rat race, you know, just yeah. sort of being in automatic. Um, and just doing what you're gonna do, and so sort of like he's sort of like you know, not taking in his surroundings and is actually just sort of like head down yeah carrying on this is what life is um and he got to because even says he even acknowledges that the walk in the, the countryside is sort of like yeah it's the sort of thing you do he's not proactively looking to explore the country it's just something you do and so i like this idea of sort of um bryant representing this sort of unaware populace and then he's sort of shocked into realization to be like, oh no, there's some like you know messed up stuff on the on the outskirts of you know that regular road, that sort of the yeah. mainstream. Um, and so yeah, no, I, I think there's some you know some really cool stuff in this to sort of um, you know tap into. Um, well, you know what, I, I wonder because we talk about what happens after. I think he does go back to the rat race a little bit because he. This was a dalliance and yeah, Tony and I on his podcast, we talked about on our blankets episode, we talked about the manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. and how that trope can kind of be used as a bit of a dalliance mm. for the protagonist, you know, to see what life could be like outside of this structure, this track that they've has been laid out for them. Yeah. And maybe in some ways the old woman is like his manic kinky goth girl <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's like a little dalliance from the rat race to see yeah and so so i hope maybe he doesn't go and call the police because he's not like that um, maybe he does go back to the rat race and feels like the beaten path was a bit too much but hopefully he's taken a little bit of kink with him yeah, yeah <laughs> he's, he's not know. quite the same guy <laughs> yeah yeah he's yeah he's carrying a little bit of it with him i like i kind of like that idea that like you know, it, it, it's it's uh, spurred him on to new and different things. Like he goes home <laughs> to sort of his girlfriend or his wife, and he's like, uh, "Just, I just want to try this one thing that's new. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just uh, cover you in milk slime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not clean. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's true. I think you're right. I think you know, it, it feels like that sort of thing. And also this this idea of sort of this uh, as they call it the splatter gore sort of era. Um, the the visceral nature of some of the descriptions is really cool. I really enjoy some of that. Um, but would would you, would you you know would this lead you to probably explore a little bit more of Ramsey Campbell or um, horror stories in this sort of uh, vein? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I I'm really impressed in how much of a journey he can take you on in such a short story. I think that was really really well woven. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think I'd probably read some more. I like yeah. I, I like I like the short story element to it because it means I'm like I know there's an exit point <laughs> in the near future. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I say um, a lot of good novel, but like say short stories have got like a good good short stories have really got a um, you know like a, a there's a reward to it being quite short because you sort of like say it's sort of a, a bite sized thing that you're like you know I don't know how are they going to get off this in, in like the next three pages. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's, I think that's sort of part of it, sort of part of the fun. I think because there has to be an economy of narrative, but within it, there can be such nuance and mm. symbolism to unpack. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah, thank you for recommending it. No, no and it was your, it was it was your first read as well. It um, was. What, yes, what was it your was. kind of takeaway? 
No, dude, like I say I've read a little bit of Ramsey Campbell before, so I was aware of him, but never this story, and I've heard of it. So I was really, I really enjoyed it. Again, it's sort of, um, you know, it's a well-rounded sort of well, as you said, it's a well-written journey of the story um, that makes you think. Like you say, you sort of, you know, you can you can dissect it, and you can come and go, oh, what the hell happened next? <laughs> like, um, and so yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that. Actually, I'm gonna, there's a couple more, and. The other two stories I have to remember now. I can't remember what the two of the stories were that I said. There was the Frolic by Thomas Ligotti. Um, and the Sentinel was the other one. And the Sentinel, yes, by Arthur C. Flat, which is a um, science fiction story that sort of inspired 2001. So a variety of stories there. So I'm glad, you know, this is good. This, this, is, this is a good, uh, like you say, horror story to sort of uh, to be getting on with. And I really enjoyed it. So I'm, and then thank you, Blake, for coming on as well. Thank you for having me. About it. No, no, yeah, it's been great. Sort of a newbie to the sort of 20th century towers, uh, but a regular in the comics and motion family. So it's, uh, as you call it, the comics and motion verse. It's, you know, it's a great group <laughs> to be a part of. Like a, a, some commune, podcast commune of sort of That's people, right. like minded people. It's fantastic. Um, but anything you want to plug if, uh, before we wrap up? Anything else you want to plug or let people know? Um, yeah, so. I'll... Tony always asks me this, and I'm yeah, I'm not big on social media, but if you do want to hit me up on Twitter and talk about any of this stuff, these themes, um, I'm always up for a chat. Uh, it's Blake.Biles, that's B-Y-L-E-S, and you can search for me on YouTube as well. Um, I have a few videos on there that I've done for my course, like video essays. One was on um, agoraphobia as like an urban condition mm-hmm. and looking at hostile architecture and gentrification. Um like Greenfell Towers and that type of thing. And uh, the other one was a video on QAnon and evangelical Christian, um, like, interrelationship. Wow. So, yeah, um, look for me on YouTube there. I'm going to check those out. That's, actually, I like that stuff, especially that uh, second one. That's that sorry, t- tickled yeah, my fancy. I like that side of that. Uh, I'll put a link in the bio below. Thanks. Uh, so people can access that. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, there you go. So go check out. Uh, but it's YouTube and uh, go, yeah, go, go, just go bother him on uh, on Twitter. It's always good fun to do. Uh, but ladies, some bothering, yeah, yeah, it's always fun. Some social media bothering. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, well, thank you very much as always for listening on. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation. I hope you enjoyed the story. You went and sort of found again, uh, and there are more to come. Uh, we're going to be carrying on with our next sort of cycle on the story. So we've had our story time. Now it's going to be then and again, uh, and we're going to be joined by. Uh, my brother from another mother, Julian Darius from Stories Out of Time and Space. And we're going to be doing uh, Yo Jimbo and uh, A Fistful of Dollars uh, as a story, compa- as a film comparison. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but if you like what we're doing, go to your podcast catcher, leave us a review, five stars, four stars, whatever you want. Any old feedback is appreciated. But if you really like what we do and you want to hear more conversations like this, uh, go check out our Patreon. Uh, and for as low as sort of five pounds a month, you can get hours and hours of more podcasts and back behind the scenes content so go check that out as there, there's a link down below but blake thank you very much uh for coming on this podcast it's been wonderful Cheers, talking i've really enjoyed it and ladies and gentlemen thank you very much and we shall talk again soon mm-hmm.